Welcome back to Africa Knows. In today's conversation, Gaddafi talks to Abdulganiyo Rufai Yakubu, a civic technology activist and techpreneur who studied agricultural economics and has made a career in ICT for development. They talk about the need for entrepreneurship and technology to promote bottom-up development in Nigeria, and about the barriers to development that come from Nigeria's oligarchy and the history behind this elite control of the country's political economy. Here, the conversation gives us a fascinating historical perspective from inside northern Nigeria that highlights not only British colonial rule, but also the, the role that the Fulani Jihads had, and more recently even, the Arabization of Nigerian Islam. It also brings out some of the hidden tensions between traditional institutions and modern politics in the country and between rural and urban interests, particularly around Kano, the largest city in the north. So all in all, I think it's a fascinating conversation. And here is Abdulganiyo Rufai Yakubu. You know, one yeah. of my, the, the most difficult uh, question for me is describe yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I, 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 of course, the nature of uh, development in Nigeria and things that are, you know, things are not well, things doesn't happen by design. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. most of the things are coincidental. So mm-hmm. we find ourselves in quite a number of professions mm-hmm. and doing a lot of work yeah. in the area. So um, I can currently call myself, uh, you know, technopreneur. Okay. So I, 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 I'm, I'm now currently heading an innovation hub working on uh, start of incubation wow. accelerate acceleration and we're currently trying to come up with uh, uh, VC okay okay uh, a venture capital uh, company yeah one of my key passion is to strengthen the uh, innovation and technology and innovation ecosystem in Nigeria. I'm currently the director uh, director of corporate relation of uh, Innovation Support Network, which is the largest uh, uh, organization having the CEOs of hubs, maker spaces, uh, uh, you know, maker labs and uh, startups in, in Nigeria. Participate actively in Afri Labs, which is similar organization for Africa. So, just yeah. a little yeah, about myself. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a summary. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank you. And you are a development worker in Nigeria. Yeah. And uh, you are one of its hardest critics. I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> what bring about this irony? Yeah, you know, uh, initially we started right from school. Mm-hmm. We were active in activism. Okay. And then we also participated in quite a number of development organizations. I mentioned Environmental Association. Yeah. We led a lot of uh, campaigns around tree planting, around, you know, uh, you know um, sustainability, and, and, and the number of a lot of things in that area I was in student in free enterprise which is another organization where we groom potential development workers so we've been doing a lot of work in, in right from the school and um, when I graduated I also actively participated I took a lot a number of jobs from the voluntary job out to the paid jobs in the development sector doing a lot of work 
um, what brings about the, the critic in <laughs> me is, uh, you know, um, initially we were working and our inspiration is that we, we, we're going to change the world. Yeah. We had the dream of changing the world exactly. and we've been putting all our energy, effort, thinking and everything and we participate in anything that comes in the name of development. And we come to realize that, yes, um, it might not be the answer to our problem. Yeah. The, the issue of stupidity Africa, in Nigeria in particular, tells us that it will not work. And also, looking at the projects that we have recently, we got to realize that, yes, uh, you can sink the resources, you can do a lot of work, you can do all the designs, uh, but at the end of it, the impact is, in most cases, not obtainable uh, because uh, we, we have, you, you know, the, the Western country brought their ideas, their ways of doing things, and then we apply them here. And in most cases, they don't actually address root causes, they address uh, symptoms. Wow. And in some cases, even the symptoms uh, are not addressed. What you mostly have is, yes, you have a lot of, because you have KPIs, mm-hmm. you, you have you know, those uh, result metrics mm-hmm. you're looking for, so you'll achieve the result metrics. You can plot all the beautiful graphs, you have all the beautiful pictures, mm-hmm. But in a real sense, you are not solving that problem. Okay. And, and that's why year in, year out, you will see one project winding off another one coming up, and you will spend 10, 20 years you know, doing the same thing. No iteration, no feedback. All we do is just, we, we, we're all trained on how to justify why a grant should be given. Yeah. And that grant will be given, and then we spend the grant and then go back and get more grants to to work. That tells me that yes, that model, you know, what is happening right now, cannot solve our our problems. Number one, they are not organic in most cases. They they, they, they are not sustainable, and they don't actually. In fact, we are more in uh, development sector is seems to be more interested in events than making impacts. Okay. So you have a number of events. You have workshops, you have trainings, you have community mobilization. Mm-hmm. And these are all events. And you, you, we, we tend to call them impact, but actually they, they are not. And if you go to the target communities, uh, you will find nothing to write back home in most cases. So uh, that's one of my, my, my frustration. Okay. And of course, uh, looking at how the West will bring the money and then they would come up with a system okay. that would loop the money back okay. to, to the Europe. You, okay. you have the, the... That is through the pol- our politicians? Or? Uh, no, not really to, uh, through the politician, but uh, of course you have consultants coming all the way okay. from those countries and yeah. they take large chunk of the money yeah. and you, you, you pay them for, for their consultancy services, you pay for their upkeep, you pay for their security, you pay all these things. And if you look at it, you will see a large chunk of that money is looping back. To, to 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 the west so uh, you know so 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 the, the, the aids are mostly some symbolic if you if you look at it from that from that angle so so these are uh, among uh, our frustration and then the next of it uh, and and the other part of it is that yes they sometimes engage the government give them the resources and then 
of course we know how the the, the politicians conduct the money and of course public results are sent back and they get all the clubs while the the money has been siphoned so a lot of issues similar issues uh, happen in the middle sector and that leads to uh, you know a lot of frustration and of course that's why i have the view that it's, it's better we we establish more more startups we establish more smes uh, you know looking at the startups we can have the commercial startups and social impact startups mm -hmm. and we have impact investment and of course commercial investments now if we have this uh, we can be able to have a sustainable structures uh, that would end up solving most of our problems of course greater part of our problems are, are economic mm -hmm. livelihood issues yeah. and of course we have other dimension in terms of environment and other stuff but uh, and, and, and that means if you have uh, you know, successful startups, both uh, social entrepreneurships and uh, commercial startups, you solve a lot of, uh, you know, issues around livelihood and poverty issue, you know, and, and the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, what are you doing in Jordan and how do you come to know the house of people there? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, as an ICT, uh, company we, we after incubation we also do uh, ICT consultancy services okay. and uh, we were listed as one of the service providers to Nigerian embassy in Jordan and uh, we design mobile application that uh, support the embassy in citizens diplomacy okay. uh, and, and, and through that we, we had a reason to be invited by the embassy to to visit Jordan and set up some stuff. And apart from that, we also, in the course of it, we participated in Nigerian uh, embassy dinner, which is a business dinner. And a number of Nigerians were invited from the U.S., from within the Middle East, and others from Nigeria. So I was opportunity to be part of that uh, dinner. We had a lot of events. Nigerian community had a football match with. Uh, Jordanian, we have quite a number of things, and then we took advantage of it to visit uh, uh, places, tourist places, a lot of uh, communities were, were visited. The, 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 the uh, you know, we've been to most of the tombs, we've been to Jericho, we've been to those, uh, you know, we've been to Akaba, we've been to Gulf of Akaba, we've been to uh, Dead Sea, you know. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Wadiram, the what is the name of this uh, ancient city? So, we've been to quite a number of places in there, and we also had a cost to establish some partnership with some companies there in Jordan. So, okay. interesting. that's just... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and of course, uh, being a very curious person who is interested in understanding, you know, house of communities in diaspora, I had a cost to come across, uh, you know, a number of people who told us that they are from, originated from Nigeria, and I was told about... Uh, one of the prominent uh, religious scholar okay. in there. So, and of course, that raised our curiosity. Wow. And I 
had a lot of discussion with a number of uh, people, mm. those who are in there and also others who are there as uh, development workers, some that are there as uh, uh, you know, diplomats. Okay. So okay. I got to extract a number of good information Mission around in indigenous houses okay. in the, especially in the former Levant region, okay. so okay. In, 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 in Jordan, in Syria, in but, uh, Palestine. Are these people assimilated? Yeah, they are. Society? They are like that of Jordan are already assimilated. Okay. okay. They are assimilated in the society. Of course, okay. you know, maybe because of the way. Jordanian government is is not interested in getting people in. Yeah, I mean, they, they are not interested in seeing people grouping themselves, and I think that's why we don't actually have uh, the, the famous Zangu okay. you find across, and you, so and that's why they, okay. they they don't actually form a community. Okay. But there are quite a number of them. Uh, we were told that they were in in in, in Jerusalem before the the Arab Israel war. Wow. So okay. quite a number the, of them the, were the, the displaced okay. from there and wow. they came into Jordan and they got citizenship. Wow. And that way they just got assimilated. Wow. <laughs> but what interests you more in their story? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's shocking to know mm. this because you never expect it. Okay. And then another thing is the way they are assimilated. Yeah, okay. In, okay. They have been there before 1945. Absolutely. Before that, that, that is to say before the creation of the State of Israel. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And then, as a political analyst, what do you think can be done to sanitize the Nigerian polity? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, there are a lot of prehistoric issues okay. that bring us to the current reality. I want to believe, in my belief is that the first colonization in Nigeria is the the so-called uh, the Fulani Jihad, okay. which is more of an uprising, okay. you know, and a conscious more of a uh, colonization. Okay. And when the Fulanis came in, when they had the war, took over the leadership, they succeeded in downplaying the ancient house of civilization. And also they rewrote the history and, uh, you know, a sort of black painted most of it. Of course, they use a lot of, they use religion, a lot of religious arguments to downplay the culture and the religion. And I want to believe free jihad, uh, you know, house communities are highly civilized. If you look mm -hmm. at the kind of, you know, security, they establish the, the sophistication in the town planning, the sophistication in their, you know, the the the, the uh, you know leadership and stra uh, uh, leadership, uh, political structure, the sophistication in economy, and the rest of it. You will know that uh, they are highly civilized, uh, you know, communities. But with the conquest of Fulani, everything was thrown overboard. Okay. Yes, they brought their own system in the name of religion, but. That also that's had a lot of you know impact in downplaying the civilization, the edge-long civilization of the household communities, and from there, when we have the 
the, the caliphate mm. installing uh, you know their leadership and from there you have the you have a monarchy and the monarchy that transform the metamorphose into an oligarchy now and that oligarchy is one of the major monster that is downplaying development in Nigerian political system okay. they own the lands they own the okay still of uh, course they own the land uh, okay uh, one of the key uh, drivers I they don't have constitutional rule now <laughs> no, no, not really they because when the constitution came mm. when the constitution took over mm. the control of those resources they were clever enough to to use the existing law okay. to accrue themselves okay. the land ownership and of course even the constitution give them some ways up to today okay. you follow through the traditional rulers to get access to land mm -hmm. especially the virgin lands and the ones that are not claimed so they they sold them they accrued it to themselves and indiscriminately and i i, I won't call it a modern uh, you know land grabbing okay. because it's and it's one of the key drivers of uh, you know uh, crisis in northern Nigeria across the northern part of the country land grabbing is one of the key uh, you know driver of conflict but uh, of course we hardly talk about it because if you have to talk about it maybe you have to uh, point accusing pick, uh, finger on, on, on the the monarchs and the political uh, leadership so from there, even the, the political leaders uh, learned from the traditional rulers that one of the key uh, show of strength is to have that power to allocate land to whoever you want. And of course, they have been compensating their political allies for their loyalty and for their service that brought them to power using land. And that's why you have a lot of crises and that that uh, you know culminate into a crisis in Zamfara, Sokoto, uh, and, and other places. Maybe the urbanization in Kano okay. and the economic prosperity is in Kano is one of the reason we don't have similar crises in those places. Okay. But the problems are almost the same. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. So 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 uh, as of now, look at most of the key appointments and position in mm. the government mm. one of the easiest way to get access mm. to political positions mm. and even the mainstream civil service is to go through traditional rulers okay. and they, they serve as, as lobbies okay. and they, they, they get whoever they want wow. those positions okay. uh, and that's why it's not easy for someone to be hard working and get what he wants the easiest way is, is it's more rewarding to know them okay than to be hard. a hard work okay. hard working person okay so <laughs> this kind of uh, you know complex uh, stuff okay. uh, part of the problem we are having yeah. in nigeria okay. and um, and, and they, they they still command uh, the political system as well okay of course they act behind the scene but they are that's strong enough to command what is going to happen oh. in, in, in the polity. Okay, okay.
So they are still relevant. I they, they're, they're still very, very okay. relevant. In I fact, the governors have taken over well, power from them. Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's the general notion. But, okay. uh, yeah. you know, one of the greatest disservice we did is mm. not to give them mm. constitutional role. Yeah. Giving them constitutional role mm-hmm. is more important. I always have this opinion that mm. if we can bring back the TOR, Mm-hmm. of traditional rulers that was given to them during the colonial masters mm-hmm. it will be it will solve a lot of our problems yeah. I, I, I always say so. this that uh, we have a lot of ungoverned spaces yeah, in Nigeria exactly. and if you return those TOR not power of course but the TOR to them mm-hmm. uh, you can be able to govern quite a number of spaces in Nigeria mm-hmm. but allowing them without those schedules and duties so they define for themselves mm-hmm. And, and that's why they, they, they exceed a lot of boundaries exactly. and they do a lot of extraordinary things yeah. in, 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 in Nigerian politics. And another uh, big issue is that we, 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 pro, we had a transition from the military role to democracy. Okay. And we are still infected by the military, the hegemony of the military. And the military work with the traditional rulers to influence almost everything that happened in Nigeria uh, through the back, behind the scene, and some are even actively participating. Mm. So this, uh, you know, uh, you know, this uh, oligarchy okay. that has been established is one of the key key problem. Until we have a conscious citizens okay. that checkmate the leaderships, we will not have, you know. Uh, a, a near perfect political system in Nigeria. I am of the opinion that uh, you know there are quite a number of uh, constitutional provisions mm. that that hinders the full participation of mm. the mm. citizens in the polity, okay. especially in the area of checkmating the leadership, okay. like. It has to do with the access to the power itself. This, uh, you know, I, 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 I have the opinion that uh, you need uh, absolute, uh, you know, autonomy of local government. Yeah. You need local government autonomy. You need direct primaries and, and dismantle the delegate system. You need um, you need uh, independent candidature. Yeah. In, in the polity, you also need heavy involvement of technology okay, yeah. to reduce human contact exactly. in some areas. Exactly. And also, of course, we need to domesticate a participatory governance, participatory democracy, mm. and open governance mm. as uh, one of the key models that we require in, in, in Nigeria to, to move the politics forward. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just about a year ago, uh, the governor of Kanu State, Governor Gandhi, deposed the then Emir of Kanu, Sinusi. Mm. You know, what is your perspective of the whole uh, saga? Well, I was impressed by what happened, okay. certainly, because uh, in my understanding is that, uh, uh, number one, of course, beyond the politics between... Okay. Uh, the the governor and the emir, and I want to believe it is just a, that kind of uh, disrespect okay. that comes about between the different classes. Okay. 
Okay. The Emir see himself as the royal blood and see the governor as uh, non-royal and okay. he feels he can insubordinate and undermine his authority and go away with it. And the governor decided to show him that strength. Okay. But beyond that, uh, you know, from the development perspective, okay. uh, rural Kano had always been marginalized okay. uh, development-wise. Yeah. Uh, most of the developments are concentrated in the in the in the urban Kano, mm. and partly is because you have the governor there and you have the central traditional system in the central Kano. And by decoupling the the traditional institution, and of course giving back the rural canal some form of uh, you know traditional powers, okay. you are creating, you have created a, a sort of system where the rural canal can rally around those their you know their emirates. Okay. To articulate their demand okay. and demand for a fair sharing, okay. fair share of development from the center. So I see it from that uh, perspective. And another thing, of course, historically, most of those uh, uh, the the new emirates had been in existence for 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 many years. Okay. Uh, post probably it's because uh, you, you know it was during the colonial masters that brought them. And uh, the Kano Emirate. Okay. Rano have been in existence, Gaia has been in existence, Gara mm. uh, and the rest of them. So I think you, you, uh, this this has been their dream for. Uh, this has been their dream for 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 decades. Yeah. And and their dream come true. true. So uh, I, 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 and that's why I'm happy with it. So it's, uh, it's better done than, of course, not done. Okay, okay. This is an interesting <laughs> perspective. Yeah. To take you a little back, uh, you often talk about distortion of House of People history by the Fulani. And I think many people will get confused by your assertion thinking that House and Fulani are the same, uh, belong to the same group of people. Uh, can you elaborate more? Well, House, <laughs> House and Pulani has never been the same. Okay. Uh, we, we all know, well, even uh, linguistically. Now, now we came to know a distinct ethnic group called House of Pulani in Nigeria. We are grouped together. <laughs> the, houses, the houses are Chadic. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, they are Asia, Asiantic, Chadic, mm. Semantic. And of course, the Pulanis are, I think, uh, and, and this Angola. Yeah. Even the, the, the class of the, okay. their language yeah. differs. Their look differs. These are, yeah. you know, these this are extremely Negros and <laughs> the houses and Pulanis are more Hamites, right? Mm. They are more Hematic. Okay, that is the Fulani. Oh, the Fulani. Yeah. So they, they, they have never been the same. Okay. Uh, they have never been the same, and okay. of course, the conquests that came, uh, the the Polanis try as much as possible to bring narratives to undermine uh, the civilization they, they they met and destroyed. And part of what they use is religion, okay. knowing that the 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 the, the Hausa states are largely Muslims, even as at that time, 
they use religion to downplay them and to black paint the the political or rather the traditional system and if I call them happy which is derogatory mm. so that's an, another way of negating if you talk to a, an average mm. northern Nigerian person mm. or a Nigerian mm. uh, you may likely get to know that in his understanding and in his thinking mm. it was Usman Lamfordu that brought Islam Mm-hmm. to house a land. and of <laughs> yeah, course yeah, that, that, that was just 200 years ago of course that's just 200 years <laughs> and well islam has been here has been in existence for, for more than 500 for more than 600 years during yajit and Zamiya. and also for muhammad rumpa islam has been uh, a state religion official religion of uh, like kano and other places mm. so um it is kind of propaganda that the Polani conquerors used to to undermine them using religion and using their of course they they were uh, the leaders of the jihad were were intellectuals and they had that power of pen and and they used a lot of it to to bury their mess and also use religion to create a sort of hegemony and kind of thinking and, and of course that brought about a lot of distortion and lack of understanding of Hausa civilization and history and that's why you have the less conscious Hausa communities Hausas are no longer conscious of their civilization no longer conscious of their environment no longer conscious of their thinking and that is why it's difficult to have a consolidated political structure development structure it's difficult to have that you know, cultural revolution and and and, 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 and tradition so uh, the, 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 the coming of the Polanis created serious distortion in terms of you know uh, civilization okay. and and then before <laughs> as the the community has been staggered by by the Polani conquest before they recover, the community recovered the the, the the West also came yeah. of course in two ways one they liberated uh, with, uh, contrary to understanding of many people the West came and liberated uh, a number of Hausa states from the from the oppressive leadership of quite a number of the, the Polani uh, traditional rulers okay. you know we had it in the history that even when the West, when the, the, the European camps, half of Kano were slaves, you know, that slavery yeah. and, yeah. you know, a number of other stuff were abolished and by, 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 by the Western world. But of course, apart from the, that positive side, they also established another oligarchy, which American called uh, the Anglo-Fulani oligarchy. Okay, okay, interesting. Okay. We, we understand that you are here yes. for the taxes, mm. you are here for the land. Yeah. Okay, take a small portion of it and mm. hand over mm. more of it to us. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. why they had the indirect rule, in my exactly. understanding. Okay. And of course, they further strengthened the Fulanis after mm taken uh, after defeating them and also for that uh, you know ex uh, what do we exploit the the, the house estates mm-hmm. and uh, houses 
and also use their own propaganda as well to to further target the the the, the civilization of, of of northern Nigeria. You know, one of the key projects is reversing the the Ajami system. You know, changing the leadership system and a lot of things. So we are still yet to recover from these two cons uh, two consecutive uh, you know shocks yeah. in terms of our distortion and other stuff. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we often talk of you, the young men and women of Nigeria, bringing positive change to the country. Uh, do you have confidence in the Nigerian youth? Uh, yes and no. No, because we have the youth are poor in capacity, okay. leadership capacity, organization capacity, mm. understanding and consciousness of their environment. Mm. It's it's very poor mm. in Nigeria. And another thing is that is is uh, you know the, the kind of ideology mm. Nigerian youth are raised with. Mm. Everybody is looking forward to cash out okay. you know bring himself out of certain classes to another class break from the chain of poverty and, and control and, and oppression of the, the elitic structure these are one of the key goal of Ni many nigerian youth so it's, it's difficult to have people with this mindset uh, bringing development and that is why, of course, if you look at the little, the few positions uh, Nigerian youth are holding, uh, you see them failing, woefully. Okay. And of course, go back to other, uh, the key structures okay. that you can see as a model. Go back to student politics and see what is happening. Okay. You'll see a clear mirror of the failed system we have. Mm. So if you have that as a breeding ground for the politician, I think we are going to have maybe worse than what we are having now. And that's why I said I'm no longer, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, confident about, okay. uh, you know, I don't have faith okay. in, in, in Nigerian news. Okay. But uh, where I have the hope is uh, uh, we also have quite a number of youth becoming more and more conscious of development, the diasporas we are having now, we have a very large diaspora from Nigeria, going to other countries, seeing what is happening, mm -hmm. learning and also having some pains mm -hmm. uh, about what is happening back home. Mm -hmm. uh, those people might be, might give us the saving grace. Mm -hmm. And of course, a number of others here are getting conscious of may becoming very critical of the situation and also looking yearning for a way out. So that is just where I can say I'm seeing a little light coming up. Yeah. yeah. And we all went through uh, Nigerian universities and we formed opinions uh, along the line. What do you think of the Nigerian academia in general? Nigerian academia is degrading okay is gradually degrading and that is uh, that's that started from 19 uh, late 80s and 90s when we have the the universe okay. the universalization of the universities okay. 
when the universities are no longer universal. Mm -hmm. And that is where the problem started. Okay. Before you have, you know, you know, uh, veteran scholars coming from across the globe, mm. combating in Nigeria, some coming uh, out of the Afan Africanism, mm. some coming out of the quest for developing the underdeveloped nations. Mm. So you have all sort of uh, ideologies converging in Nigerian politics, mm. I mean in Nigerian universities, grooming young people mm. uh, with the hope that they can save Africa, they can save Nigeria, and, 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 and the rest of them. But exactly. when we began to have a crackdown by the military, mm. by the military that dispersed most of the foreign scholars, okay. that began to make Nigerian universities less universal. Okay. And also the, some religious uprisings mm. led to also religious uh, you know, infusing and bringing more and more religious sentiments into most of the decisions okay. that takes place in the universities. Mm -hmm. That also brings about, you know, uh, you know, weakening mm -hmm. the intellectual uh, capacity of those universities. Okay. And of course, when the government also begin to uh, deal with the with the with the academics as as a mere service providers, okay. of course not intellectuals, sure, sure. Uh, not uh, so a uh, source of solution mm. to to problems, mm. and that is when you begin to see uh, young people taking uh, you know uh, taking uh, lecturing job as mm. uh, as a means of livelihood rather than for the passion sure. of bringing development, mm. manufacturing solution sure, to yeah. societal problem that weaken the system. And of course, even the curriculum is, is, is not actually uh, designed to solve societal problem. And that is deeply rooted in, our, in the colonization. Mm. During the colonial era, most of the curriculum were designed to help the colonial masters in achieving mm. uh, you know, what they come to do exploitation, taking resources and they need human resources that will support them okay. and they design those curriculum to serve them and so most of the reviews we are having, they are really coming from, still coming from the the, the, the western world through the non-governmental organizations and other fora okay. and that's why even today you don't have history, history has been uh, you know, downplayed mm -hmm. in Nigerian curriculum, mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the key tools for of war and reducing the consciousness. And of course, mm -hmm. the conscious mind would be, of course, directly intellectual in nature. Mm -hmm. and problem solution would be one of the key output of the universities. But what we produce now are nowadays we produce uh, job seekers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and, and where the job is no longer mm. there, mm. and that also discourages and brings a lot of questions as to why mm. one should pass through university. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about livelihood and environment. Uh, some say that the major trade pace in the country largely uh, the issue of uh, environment and livelihood. 
Uh, do you believe in this assertion? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, like like uh, of course they, they, they are uh, like I, uh, you know livelihood is much related with environment okay because when you have environmental degradation you have it will translate into uh, you know negative livelihood okay. status okay. of the people okay. and when you have uh, you know uh, a, a, a good environment mm that will translate into to a positive livelihood uh, why it is one of the key problem in nigeria is that when you have large percentage of the citizens mm-hmm. highly malnourished okay. you have highly malnourished children very unhealthy uh, you know uh, youth uh, very poor parents and uh, in, in youth when you have highly uneducated population hmm. uh, that will have a very serious negative impact on the livelihood of the people and when you have a poor livelihood status that will relate, translate into a very negative political behaviors hmm. and one of the key reason Nigerians are a little bit less conscious in terms of political decision their livelihood dictate their political decision in most cases okay. and the traditional i mean the uh, the, the, the the political leaders mm-hmm. have a perfect understanding of this phenomenon okay. and that is why they can still oppress them and still come back to them and get their votes okay okay most of their decisions are mm. attacking. Okay, uh, just by t- giving them a token. Yes, you give them a pie. Uh, you feed uh, them and, and they give rice. you their loyalty. Okay. And when you feed them and, and for, for, for a month or, mm. or less than a month, mm. because you give them a bag of rice that mm. will take them a week or a month, mm. uh, you, you go back and you retire back to Abuja, take four years without coming back to them mm. and after four years you come back and give them the something and they get mm. they get their loyalty so livelihood is one of the key problem uh, that kills the consciousness of the people okay. and also it trap us and, and that translates into all the crisis we are we are seeing and part of the key developmental uh, problems in northern Nigeria is uh, number one out of school children, okay. uh, which is which is manifested mm. in form of uh, almajiri system. Yeah. You have the the rural urban migration, the seasonal and the permanent uh, migration, the. Um, the insecurity and most of these things are manifestation of environmental issues and poor livelihood status like the almaji system contrary to a majority uh, majority view or understanding Mm -hmm. of the people is that it is traditional and religious mm. in my opinion it is it is of course less 
religious and traditional okay. than what, what is driving the almajri system okay is that majority of the the rural communities in northern nigeria mm. are food insecure okay they 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 largely depend on their land mm. to get uh, food stock mm. and their food stock lasts for average of 3 to 6 months mm-hmm. in most researches okay and when you don't have in the in the period where the the food stock is being depleted one of the key coping strategy mm. is to send the younger children for almajri in wow. the urban centers mm. and also send the agile mm-hmm. young men mm. for seasonal migration which is popularly known as jirani yeah. and one of the what they do is they send remittances to support the the, 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 the family back home mm. and also gather more resources and save for the rainy season uh for to buy farm inputs and, and the rest of it so uh contrary to the general thinking of the people is that they are traditional they are mostly uh you know coping strategies against food insecurity wow. interesting <laughs> yeah 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 okay. yeah yeah so so rural poverty is one of the major okay. uh, major problem mm-hmm. and that food insecurity it is largely a manifestation of the desert encroachment and land degradation in some cases okay uh desert encroachment in the front line communities you have more than uh, you know you have 11 front line states first to face with desert mm-hmm. getting and the land getting degraded continuously yeah. and of course that leads to the reduction in, in the yield of mm. those lands mm. and also you have other uh, unsustainable behaviors from cutting down trees and other unsustainable behaviors taking place within the center and that also led to an over exploitation of the land yeah. that also leads to uh, reduction in the, in the yield and of course that is what translate into the food insecurity this is this are recurrent issues that of course we we talk about them less especially within the political and other decision making cycle in in the country yeah. of course that manifests into many other issues okay from the insecurity down to 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 poor political behaviors mm-hmm. and, and the rest of them mm-hmm. yeah and of course still in the, within the context of for livelihood you still have what i i mentioned the, the land grabbing okay. the politicians normally compensate their political allies mm-hmm. uh, with land mm-hmm. and most of these lands are owned by uneducated rural nigerians okay uh, of course that has been going on from 1990 and up to today okay and manifestation of that is this insurgency we are seeing uh, the 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 rural banditry, banditry okay we are seeing in the northwest okay 
Uh, most of these communities, if you look at it, you will find out that a lot of most of the grazing reserves mm. were by hundred percent in some cases, mm. average of seventy to ninety percent had been allocated to okay. by seventy to hundred percent of these mm. uh, grazing reserves mm. were allocated to uh, either politicians or traditional rulers. Okay. And that pushed the Fulani or the nomads to mm-hmm. to 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 retire into the bushes, mm-hmm. and uh, of course they have that feelings of being sacked from their ancestral lands. Land, okay, uh, and that brought about a lot of other issues that led to the rural banditry. Most of what they are doing, they see it as a just cause. Mm fighting those who fight them okay. fighting injustice okay trying to create uh, you know an impression that they can defend themselves okay. uh, so addressing that problem has to start from addressing the issue of land grabbing and other injustices okay in those communities okay. and this is happening across nigeria Okay. across nigeria not only in the north not only in the north it is happening across nigeria people are grabbing the lands and taking displacing farmers and nomads okay that of the nomads it has manifested in form of rural banditry mm. but we are yet to see clear manifestation mm. or oh, quite a number of other issues are under reported yeah but of course, it is an ongoing a problem okay. that may lead to bigger crisis. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And uh, how can we use entrepreneurship and innovation in addressing this uh, restiveness? Well, I see a huge potential for solving our problems okay. in the country okay. uh, through uh, technology and entrepreneurship. Okay. The innovation sector is now well organized and it is global in nature. Okay. Especially if you look at it from the angle of establishment of startups, mm-hmm. which are mostly targeted as global startups. Mm-hmm. And those startups uh, can be and that's why I am of the opinion that uh, we shouldn't, we should focus more on investing on the youth than empowering the youth as we normally do. Mm. Investing in the sense that anyone that has a viable idea should be funded. Mm. And of course, there is a working model. The Silicon Valley model is already there. And we have a linkage. Uh, it's now global. Okay. A startup from Kano can go to Silicon Valley and raise funding and come back and hire more people and work. So we have the International IP Center in the UK, we have the mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, we have Pintech Bay in Bahrain, we have all sorts of places in Middle East, in the US, in and of course here in Nigeria. Mm. Uh, so uh, one of the key uh, ways to raise, uh, I mean, to address the 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 unemployment in the country is through investing in startups and 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 and, and, and SMEs. 
Okay. okay. I see this as one of the key driver of, and of course that will also strengthen the economy mm. of of the country. Mm. Of course, this is another gold mine for Nigeria mm. as a country mm. and for states. Mm. Uh, the most of these resource poor states mm. can also use entrepreneurship to yeah. to 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 solve one of the key economic uh, problem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, this phenomenon uh, of Arabization of Islam, of the Hausa language, uh, what do you mean by Arabization of Islam or Hausa language? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to separate Islam and Arabic. Arabic. Okay. But of course, they are not the same thing. Okay, okay. If you have a good understanding of Islam, you will get to understand that. Uh, uh, Arabic is quite different from Islam. Islam. Okay. And Islam uh, is universal by the way. It's universal <laughs> by, by the way. And, yeah. and of course, uh, it, it takes it take care of uh, mm. domestication. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Islam is designed, or rather, yes, designed in such a way that it can be domesticated in every community it found itself and one of the missing link we have here in, in northern nigeria is separating arab arab, arab culture and islam. the religion of islam okay. when we adopt the arab culture mm-hmm. cool. and islam okay. that undermine our culture okay and that make Islam less compatible in many ways okay. to us. Uh, instead of uh, taking what the, the, the Islam call Orf, okay. the good cultures of the people, mm. incorporating them into the religion and taking the religion as it is, we most often than known try to assimilate the Arab culture in the name of religion and of course that have been creating a lot of problems in this country in, okay. in, in the north okay. um, that that, that uh, you know it it, it it mostly undermine our our world mm-hmm. undermined our I mean critical thinking mm-hmm. philosophy creativity innovation it affects a lot of our decision-making process, like the way we understand Kadara, the way we understand, okay. I mean, you know, a lot of... Okay, Kadara, that is destiny. <laughs> destiny and, yeah, and yeah. the rest of it. Yeah, the issue uh, of free will and predestination. Uh, free will, yeah. the, okay. <laughs> the, issue of, the issue of gender, okay. <laughs> gender okay. and social inclusion, yeah, yes. the issue of justice, uh, you, you know, and, and, and a lot of things. Uh, Arabization is one of the key, okay. uh, you know, mm. problem. Okay. It might be, it might work for the Arabs, and it's, it's really not working for, for us. us. Okay, okay. And uh, how do you see the sectarian differences uh, having that divided Muslims along? Yeah, um, <laughs> I see the sects as political parties. 
okay political parties not of course uh, yes. religious groups yeah not religious group okay uh, of course they started as religious as political parties okay even from the starting it, point yeah from the from the inception they were actually political parties okay and uh, that led to contest between the different political parties okay and the contest between the political parties impacted in most of the decisions okay. taken from those era okay off to today hmm. so the only way to have a good understanding of islam and also practice it hmm. in the best way is to is not to practice a political islam okay and the political islam is what brings about the sectarian tendencies between the muslims okay and that is what is also resulting into a crisis it results into this destroying unity in in in, in, in the muslim world okay. uh, understanding it from the perspective of it being politics is one of the key healing factor that will uh, lead to a better understanding of Islam and also bring back the humanity in Islam the unity in the Muslim world and and, and, and the rest of it wow thank you very much for your wonderful time <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Africa Knows podcast. If you want to know more, visit africanose.eu and we'll talk to you again soon.